Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, hello, everyone. I- I'm here. Dennis is here. Joel is here. He's off camera, but the, 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 phys- I'm here for, I, the, the I, physical I, proof is in the pudding. Can he, we put the camera to get you both in at the same time? Let's just move well, it a little Jordan bit. Jordan warned me he was do- – well, he kind of did, but he kind of <laughs> didn't. He just kind of showed up. Uh, he just showed up and took your job. <laughs> Spencer is the intro guy. Joel did a pretty good job with it, though, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, he did. Mitch trying to take your job yesterday. Joel trying to take <laughs> your intro job here this morning. What's up? Uh, it, it is a it is a exciting, exciting day here at Benzinga. It's going to be a bit of an unusual show. Um, the reason it's so exciting, the reason Joel is here is because the Behringer Capital Gang is coming into town this morning, uh, and, and we're, we're going to learn all about all the exciting future plans for Benzinga. That'll happen um, right as our show is ending here. Uh, so it'll be a weird show. At some point during the, the next hour, I may or may not uh, relocate to a different studio in the office. Uh, if it gets too loud here, because we got a lot of people in this office right now, it is it is exciting. The energy is here. Uh, the energy is in our chat. Richard Judd says my job is not safe. My job has never been safe. Uh, <laughs> Neither is mine, actually. <laughs> that being said, um, I'll, I'll bring on my charts. Joel, do you want to just welcome? Yeah, let some, me some, uh, some let me just run here. down the uh, yeah. the futures. We're trading in the red by fourteen and three quarters handles. Uh, a little pop into that forty seven hundred area. Didn't quite get to uh, the previous day's high. 77.50, that's your pre-market low. We're trading seven points above that. I'm just focusing on yesterday's low, 71.75, because things open up on the downside after that. We have crude trading in the red by 93 cents, kind of getting allergic to that 72 handle. Uh, gold's in the red by nine bucks. Silver's in the red by 37 cents at 22.05. Uh, and then uh, that's it. I mean, we got... Uh, Bitcoin, I took my Bitcoin off here. I don't know. I think Bitcoin I saw in the red. Uh, but that's it. Just a li- little bit of red to start today, Spencer. I, I suppose so. Haven't been able to say that for the past couple of days. Uh, Dennis, let's just start with your high-level thoughts from yesterday. Well, high-level thoughts from yesterday. It's just uh, chop fast, and that's where we're at. I mean, this is the chop fest, chop market right now. We came all the way back on the S&Ps to those highs. We anticipated that we might stall out near that 470 area. And you know what? The good news is we've held up well. We didn't just hit it and then fall off. We kind of held it. We're down overnight, 14 handles, but we're holding up fairly well here, which bodes well to make you think maybe eventually we do take out those highs on the S&P. Obviously, it's been a significant rally in growth stocks. We know we can see the CAT ETF. Uh, rip-roaring again yesterday. Even Peloton, I almost got stopped out of my Peloton, but I did not. I had the stop set around $40 because I didn't want to make a new law on the move, and then they turned around and started buying that one too. So they're now combing around trying to find whatever high-value name hasn't went yet, which is typical, you know, what they do when you see value or when you see the growth names move for three days. So now they're looking for the high-growth names that haven't gone yet. Just on a just on a broader scale, looking at the market, uh, the all time high is way up there, both both for the spider and for the S and P. Uh, but yesterday, I was keen on the all time closing high for the for the uh, DS contract forty seven oh one fifty. We tried, we closed just below that. I'm looking at the spider, the all time closing high sixty nine seventy three. That was made on the eighteenth. The close yesterday sixty nine fifty two. So even though we're off. The 
actual all-time high. You know how I like to focus on my all-time closing highs. And uh, we're going to have some trouble doing that today. Also, for you futures traders out there and for everybody else, I'm going to be talking Ds today and tomorrow. But now, March is the official contract. We did the rollover. Choppy action a little bit today and tomorrow. I'll have my March numbers for you starting on Monday. March 22 contract, folks. 2022 is just around the corner. I I just want to say, it. it I wish you all could be here right now because it, it feels like the before times. It feel, Like the office has not been this crap. So nice, eh? The office has not been like this, like it is now, yeah. since March of, of, of last year. I mean, there's there's probably 20 people here. 25 people here. It's eight in the morning, right? I mean, the, the, there is energy. There is excitement. I mean, I I can't contain myself. I mean, it's exciting. I'm looking over gorgeous Woodward Avenue and then uh, where they have the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And then the WeWork sign is still there. They can still afford to keep that up. <laughs> oh, we, we, work we, the... we don't work is what I used to call it. They're across the street from us. But get to the markets, All right, guys. Okay, I'll, I'll be right. quiet. Okay, let's get to the markets. You want to start, Dennis, with like Roku from yesterday, or do you want to start with this new Cathy ETF? Well, let's start with the new Cathy ETF, which launched right. yesterday. It's always fun when you get a new ETF out there, and obviously, she just had an interview on CNBC with Joe Kern around 7 o'clock, pitching her new ETF, CTRU, and it is getting bit up substantially. So I have some thoughts on this, but... Um, you want me to dive right into them, or do you want to? Talk? Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you exactly uh, what the top holdings are in, sure. in, in this ETF. It, it's the idea. Show, can you what... show the top holdings? Do you have it there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah show us the top holdings. Right. So CTRU, and obviously we have a lot of overlap and a lot of her funds. There's a yeah. lot of of, of her, yeah. the same stocks, and this is some of the same stocks in this new fund that she's launched here. So, so the fund is trading up substantially this morning. Here's your here here here's what they are. All things told, it's pretty diversified. If your largest yep. holding is one one point five percent, you got Nvidia, Enphase, Max, Linear, Teradyne, Cloudflare, uh, Tesla, of course, <laughs> Bloom Energy, HPQ, Datadog, and Buckle are your top ten holdings. None of them more than one point five percent. So it's a pretty. Does she have the update nav on that site for that fund yet? I, they, they, they almost never do. They almost never will have the nav on day one or day two. Okay. So, yeah. So, no. so number of issues here this morning. So right now, there's no locate on the street. This is only traded for one day. It hasn't even settled yet. So there's no locate. So we know anybody who wants to short this stock obviously has to, with, you know, we've obviously had Tim Quas talking about this before, needs an exemption from the locate rules here to be able to short the stock this morning. So that's your major market makers who are probably not online here yet. So one thing, you can see it trading up 9.39% this morning. I can tell you that the underlying holdings, just from looking at what Spencer was doing on a down day, are not trading up 9.39%. So it's basically out almost 10% here this morning. There's a a significant deviation between the current pre-market price and where the underlying holdings are. There's a mechanism that keeps ETFs in line with their underlying holdings, the creation redemption mechanism. That is done by market makers where they will go create the basket of stocks between the underlying holdings and deliver them and do the opposite as well. So that's what keeps the price in check. This price is not in check this morning, one, because anybody who wants to keep it in check, like I would keep it in check, but I can't get a borrow and I'm not exempt from the, uh, from the locate uh, rules. So, um, so I can't short, short the ETF. Um, and again, if you are exempt and you're a market maker, maybe they're not online yet. 
Um, so it will eventually come back in line. And I mean, within the next day and or maybe even within this, this day, it'll come back in line with the underlying holdings. But right now you're seeing it trade up 11% because you've got people who just watched her interview on CNBC saying, oh, I want to own that fund. And they're coming in and there's not a lot of volume here. I mean, this thing only traded 25,000 shares this morning. They're coming in saying, yeah, just buy it, just buy it. They're not, so this is uninformed traders that aren't respecting the relationship of the ETF to its underlying holdings. That will come back in line once you have the market makers doing the creation redemption on it. And once they obviously come online, you know, it's early pre-market here, it's eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm just warning the people who are buying this right now. It looks to me like they are throwing 11% away by bidding this up at 2270 here right now when the underlying holdings are NVIDIA. So if you're buying this this morning, I'm warning you right now that in all likelihood, this is going to come back in line. And this ETF is not going to be trading up 11% when we look at it from its underlying holdings in two days. 11%, that would mean the market is basically up 7 8% here this morning. The market is down this morning. So again, the reason this is happening is there's no obviously no market maker online right now that is exempt from those locate procedures. And two, there's no locates on the street. If the locates was there, it hasn't settled yet. Two-day settlement. So there can't even be a locate for, you know, for Joe Investor like myself because it hasn't settled yet. So we will see locates come. We will see market makers come back online who are exempt. We will see this price eventually come back in line. Right now, it's out 12% here as I talk about it. So warning to those buying it right now. Why do, why do we need this? Why do we need another well, I, ETF? I, I could say, Joel, Joel, I could ask. Why do we need, why do we need the 10,000 ETFs that are right, out there? There's a right. bazillion of them. And a lot of them don't trade actively. A lot of them don't have, you know, they're, they're not as, you know, actively traded. I stick with SPY, I stick with Qs, I stick with IWM, I stick with the main ones. But people want to trade different things. People want to make different money. They want to do different things. I don't know why we need another Kathy ETF that looks like it's holding the same stuff that her other funds hold. Yeah. But it they need she needs it because you know what? She makes money off of it. Well, yeah, I mean she's providing a security to the market as as everyone as everyone else does. So the, the main thing Dennis was saying is like in order for a thing to go down, there needs to be sellers. Who who Supply can demand? Right. Who can sell right now? You can sell if you already own this. Yes, if, and if I would be selling it if I owned it. If you, <laughs> if, if you bought it yesterday and you held it overnight, you own it, you can sell it. You Free 11%. Sell, you can sell it short if you are a, are a firm that is exempt from the borrowing rules like Citadel is. We've discussed this with him, as Dennis mentioned. And that's basically the, that's the list. That's the list of people who can sell. So tell the, those market makers like Citadel come online here this morning, yeah. you know, to trade this and whether they're already active in this ARC Transparency ETF. I did not look at the trading action yesterday, yep. so I can't tell you if they're already actively doing the creation redemption. But these ETFs will eventually have the creation redemption. If you look at ARKK to its underlying holdings, it is held very closely to that NAV. The price tracks what the underlying holdings are. Right now, the CTRU this morning in this moment in time is not tracking it yet because it's too early in the day, too right. early for, you know, in its trading. It's day two, hasn't settled. So it will, when we look at this a week from now, it's probably going to be tracking NAV. So unless the NAV comes up 11% in the next, you know, day, not which is happen. highly unlikely because is NVIDIA going up 11%? Maybe, but no. I mean, it's highly likely that people who are paying up 11% for this right now lose money. Highly likely.
And there's, there goes another thousand. You could tell it's a, re- a retail trader too, because it's traded on FINRA, which is an off exchange uh, market maker that is providing liquidity to that. So I actually are seeing some sellers come on here right now. Some off exchange market maker just sold this at 2270 up 11%. They're making some money. All likelihood going to make some money. The person who just bought a thousand shares probably going to lose some money. It's not very often we can say with this high probability of people losing money, but it's, it's, and again, you know, it's thin right now, so maybe it's going to do its own thing. But I'm saying when we look at this a week from now, it's probably going to be tracking its NAV. That's and the, its the job. The other, thing, track its the other thing also is like if, if this were any other of her ETFs and the top holding is 10% or whatever, like Tesla, then you could say, oh, okay, there's maybe a chance that Tesla goes up you know, 10% today and matches up and catches up to the NAV or catches up to the price of, yeah. of the ETF. But because the top holding here is less than 1.5%, you basically have to have like all 10... And the top holding is down right now. The top right. holding is down right. two two points. Right. So you basically have to have like the top 20 holdings in this thing all come up simultaneously to justify 2270 in CTRU. It's not, it's not going to happen. Again, I don't have the NAV sitting in front of me. I'm not even sure if it's published yet, it's not. but I'm sure, you know, it's probably close to being in line yesterday. The market makers that are keeping in line are probably pretty good here. Yep. So we're early here in the pre-market. I would think this eventually comes back in the line. I don't know if it's going to come back in the line at 930. I would think it does come back in the line today, but, you know, maybe it's going to take a couple days till the locates get out there. I just want to hop in here with uh, just We just lost Joel. My fault. My fault. Okay. My fault. All right. Spencer. Sorry. He's not used to I'm having I'm not used to having Joel next to me. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. Uh, just a quick question. Someone asked about the rollover of the futures contracts, and I talk about it a lot. And that's just basically when a contract expires in the futures, right? We're trading December futures. We have a quad wedge coming up next Friday. Traders that have a position in the December contract, if they want to keep that position and and in the same position, the next contract, they have to move it from the front month. So if you're long D's, you need to sell D's and buy March in the out in the next contract. And what that does is just for a couple days, it creates just a little bit of the volume being split between the two. And there's a lot of people that trade the spread. Crude rolls over every month. That's why it's nearly impossible to trade the premiums, you know, the uh, the contango and backwardation. You're always looking something different every month. But the financial futures, the bonds, the currencies, the S&Ps, they're only they're quarterly. So it'd be March, June, September, December. And then just leading up, you know, we haven't even been talking about quad witch uh, coming up next, next week. week. So next week we have the Fed meeting. It's true. And and we have quad witch. CPI tomorrow. CPI tomorrow. Yeah. So we just got the market hanging up here at all time highs with a lot of potential negative catalyst on the horizon. But I just I, I just wanted to answer that question real quick. All right. It, it is eight sixteen. Let's bring on Mark Jacob. Uh he joins us every other Thursday at this time to give us his thoughts on the market. Mark, what's up, man? How are we doing? How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been too long. We, we missed you with, with the, the holiday. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, if we had you on then, I would have asked you, uh, hey, Mark, it's look, I would have said, hey, things are looking pretty good here. Um, if we had you on the week after, I would have said, Mark, Mark, save us. And now I'm probably back to square one. Joel. Mark, there's an imposter on the Internet. And he looks just like you. Oh, no. With a great secret? He's been coming on with a great secret. <laughs> it is the it is the the perma bull Mark Chaikin 
is uh, now the perma bear. De definitely not a perma bill, but uh, a bull. But I will share the great secret with you. You, you will. Okay. Oh, yeah. Drum roll, please. Hit, hit yeah, the drum, big roll. drum roll. It's not plugged in. Oh, I got to do a manual drum roll. What's okay. Dig dig digitization. Everything is going to go digital. And that's what we learned from the pandemic, that um, the world is going to change and it's not going to be nine to five in the office five days a week. And people are much more comfortable and, and demanding digital. So I've, I've got a stock we're going to talk about at the end that I think Ooh. is a really interesting like post-pandemic play. I like the tease, Mark. I like the tease. Yeah, hey, I'm learning. Let's let's talk overall market first. So we got a, a major sell-off in growth names for about three weeks straight. We've had a nice three-day rally in all of these growth names. It's brought the S&P right back to the all-time highs because we know a lot of S&P names weren't selling off in the first place. So one, first thoughts on the growth names. Two, thoughts on the overall market. Well, the growth names can be broken up into two categories, the sort of FANG stocks, but also the semis. And uh, let's take Apple out of FANG because it's really a serious uh, cash generator. And I think those names are still holds and buys on weakness. So um, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, AMAT, strong, strong stocks. And I think you, you need to own them and don't shy away. Um, in terms of some of the Stocks with no earnings, obviously, uh, you may be getting a little bit of a selling opportunity here uh, in the Zillows, the Pelotons, uh, the Zooms of the world that, that have um, bounced off the, the Kathy Wood bottom. I love uh, the way you're caught up in the Twitter on the Kathy Wood stuff there. Uh, <laughs> Some people, people are telling Dennis. me they're cool. So I'm trying, they say you got to take it easy on poor Kathy. Well, All right. Okay. I got to start Kathy, taking it easier not, on This is not her fault. This is not her fault. Yes, well, no, is. no, no, but he's just saying uh, overall, like, you know, I, I definitely have. All right. I've uh, said my opinion of, you know, buying growth at any cost. Yeah, it so, is her fault. She's bought it. It is her fault. Kool-Aid. Come on. <laughs> so, but in terms of the market, I'm still bullish. Obviously, as Joel just pointed out, we've got a choppy week next week. But in a sense, Powell pulled this all forward when he uh, either deliberately or not told us that they were going to accelerate the taper. And everybody assumed that meant that they would accelerate interest rate hikes. That's not a given. We could get a very um, dovish call relative to what he said the day after Thanksgiving or, or Monday or whenever soft that landing. happened. Why can't we have a soft landing, Mark? I mean, well, we it, exactly. And, you know, what the markets do when volume is light and volatility is high is be dominated by the machine. So that, that to me, that's what happened the day after Thanksgiving. And then you had so many different things that sandbagged the market. But one thing that we've talked about that Dennis understands better than anybody is flow. And so much of what the market, quote unquote, gurus talk about on your show on CNBC every day is trying to explain short term moves. The only way you can explain them, in my view, is flow. So you had an options expiration before Thanksgiving. Dealer hedges came off. I, I liken that to that announcement on the airplane when the pilot turns off the seatbelt sign and the stewardess says, you're free to move around the cabin. After oh, an wow. options expiration, when the dealer hedges come off, you get more volatility yeah. in the markets. And that and, that and dealer flows really explain the short-term movements. And then you got the Moderna CEO weighing in like a 
complete outlier to the Financial Times saying, oh, this is horrible. God knows why he said that, because he didn't have any basis for he said, that. He said that similar, something similar in the morning on CNBC. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. bottom line is I'm still bullish on the market. Yes, we can have a soft landing. Historically, the first couple of rate cuts are not bearish, primarily because they come into a strong market for the same reason that they're happening now, to try and curb inflation. Now, you, I also think that his comment that it's no longer transitory is going to prove to be wrong. Uh, sure, there are certain things like food costs that aren't going to drop down. Dennis has <laughs> highlighted that very nicely on small well, labor like, costs too. Like it's going to be beer. hard if labor costs start to come up. That's something that is very sticky. It's hard to make people take a pay cut. Well, so, so we here's... start to see labor costs start to come up, which we are starting to see in a lot of different industries here right now. Um, that's going to be a hard thing to bring back down. Well, so here's the counterpoint to that. Uh, obviously, yep. you talked about hourly wages dropped in the last uh, report, employment report from uh, whatever the number was, but it was one or two basis points. And people are going to come back into the workforce now. You can't tell me that these people who have um, been disengaging from the workforce can afford to live without making money. So I, I think there's going to be a balance here. But bottom line, X some outlier from Powell and whatever volatility we get on the options expiration next week, I think the market's going higher into the first quarter. Now, uh, the, the analyst that I respect the most is this guy, Marco Kalanovic at JP Morgan. He, he had a handle on, the, on COVID back in March of 2020 or May. He understood the numbers better than most of us. And two weeks ago, he said, this new variant Omicron may push out all the other variants and then be more benign. It's going to spread more, but that's a good thing. And he came out yesterday and basically said, COVID is over in 2022 and the economy is going to be really strong. So let me, let me give you the big reveal. I love Live Nation. What? I've, I've recommended it in, uh, over the past month in, in my market letter. I think this is a great play. Their advanced billings for 2022 are now projected at a higher rate than 2019, which was their best year ever. People want to go to concerts. Uh, you're not going to hold them back, Houston notwithstanding. But Live Nation also has a digital presence. They've got a virtual entertainment hub where you can see concerts in your living room. Uh, they've got Ticketmaster, digital. So. I think Live Nation is a really interesting combination of post-pandemic um, opportunity and digital entertainment and digital marketing. They market to people based on who they know are at these concerts. They market to influencers and they offer advertisers the ability to really target people. So Live Nation had a, a big jump when they reported that earnings report back in November. It came way down when the Omicron variant uh, scared people, but the stock is coming back. And I really like this name over for the next, and this is not a trade. This is a play for one to two years. So you're bullish the metaverse. Oh, definitely. Unity software is my favorite metaverse stock. I mean, that pulled back nicely here. Ooh, let's that, just talk. Let, let's just, that was more talk. than nicely, by the way, I own that. So <laughs> I, I bought some on the dip. I've already sold it though, so you know me. So I'm in and out, in and out, in and out. But it's one that I do want to own. 
I, one thing I, I, I have trouble just sticking in that long-term portfolio. How do you get like just past valuation? How do you just like, do you just not look at it on these story stocks? Is that what it is? Because you look at Unity and it's trading like, I don't even know how many times sales, like 25 times sales or 30 times sales is something crazy. That's where I have trouble just, you know, getting past that, you know, because I'm a value guy at heart in the long-term portfolio. I'm a value guy at heart. And it's like, I can't put it in my retirement account because I just can't stomach paying 30 times earnings or 30 times sales. Well, so let's, uh, if you were talking electronic vehicles, I would agree with you because nobody knows who the winner is going to be in EV. Okay. Uh, but Unity has a really entrenched position. Uh, they just bought Peter Jackson's company, which gives them some digital tools, um, filmmaking, editing, and creation tools. They, they're a real serious player. Uh, we've talked about this once before. 50, more yes. than 50% of all the games that are built in America are built on Unity's platform. So yeah, they used to say, well, if you're going to give your grandkids a stock, what would you give them? And it was Apple, and if you were smart, maybe Facebook. I think if you were going to give your grandkids a stock for the next five years, five to 10 years, that Unity is deserves to be in that portfolio. And so, that's how you overcome valuation risk. Grow so you into, think it can grow into that valuation? You believe yes. eventually we're going to look at this and say, okay, yeah, we're trading 30 times sales right now, but actually, and it's software, so you can pay a little bit higher multiple for software because the margins are going to be higher. Um, you think eventually can grow to that valuation. I do. And there's a kicker in here. Oh, three, I like years, three years ago, Mark Zuckerberg sent an email to all his Facebook executives saying, if we want to be a serious player in the metaverse, we have to own Unity software. But the valuation is, is a problem here. So it's possible that if Facebook is serious about the metaverse, and if you look at some of their first efforts, cartoonish stuff that you could have done better uh, with Unity as a kid in a basement somewhere. So I'm not saying they're going to be taken over by Facebook, but uh, smarter people than I have actually alluded to that possibility. So well, that's I'm, the kicker. We got another question. I don't know what your thoughts are on Roblox. People are saying you versus Roblox. What would be the better play? I think Unity is more the thing behind everything, though, correct, Mark, as opposed to Roblox hey. just being a platform that's, you know. I'll also say hi from over. I can't go. Okay, whatever. Spencer. I, I like them both. <clears throat> I like them both, okay. but I think Unity is the scalable platform with the advertising um, server built in for small game developers. I, mean, I, I heard my son, who's been building games for 35 years, starting with MS-DOS, to, to start building something on Unity. I said, with, you know, with your creativity, you might hit a winner. So, but anybody can do that. You don't need the skills that you used to have to build video games. And if, you, if you're telling me video games are going to go away and people aren't going to create them, then maybe I've got a problem with Unity. But it's bigger than video games. It's, they're using it in industrial situations now. You can walk through a building site with Unity goggles and software on and see where the air handler is going to be and talk to your construction manager and say, no, I want to move it here. I don't like that. And so Mark. forth. So, Mark, Interesting. we got a question. Someone actually emailed me. Can you please ask Mark about gold? I'm doing that for you, Nina. I'm asking Mark about gold. Uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask about gold. I've never been a believer in gold as a store of value. I'm not sure yeah. that, I mean, young, clearly the young generations believe that Bitcoin is the new gold. That's right. Uh, but Gold as a store of value in an inflationary time, why isn't it going up if, if, if it's a 
protection in very inflationary times. Not going up. Put a, could you put a chart up, please? Oh, uh, I can do that. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I think at the best, it's just a, a trading range vehicle. You know, you get you get your ranges and you get you know overbought, never sold. I think the the hedgers and the commercials, you know, can move that thing at night. And I, I mean, I've been in it. Wait, from the commercials? How you said? Yeah, the commercials. Yeah, you know, like chop them out. No, I, I I know what I know what he's saying. You think that's moving the gold market? <laughs> not 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 the TV commercials. Oh. Uh, Spencer. All right. Sorry. The gold, coin, gold coins. My question would be if, people that own a lot of gold. Oh, oh the commercial banks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. you don't read the breezy report that reports. <laughs> sorry. Uh, not, not I like the, those commercials too, Spencer. Not the commercial bank. Mark, Mark, Michael. You know what? I, I don't know. I, we may have to mute Spencer here on that one. I, I just have to ask the question: If gold was a hedge against inflation, why isn't why it is making new highs right now? Yep. You know, and that's 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 sort of the answer to the question. Eight thirty number. What? Sorry, guys. Yeah, jobless claims. It's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wake up. We got jobless claims. Oh, Mark, by the way, with uh, you for a minute. Dennis was skeptical of Live Nation as a uh, as a post pandemic play. Marriott just turned bullish in our work. All right, uh, real real fast. TGLS was if you if you, those of you are paying attention to Hindenburg Research, TGLS is your short report this morning. For, that just came out at eight thirty. What are your uh, thoughts on this, Mark? I mean, you know, we talk about the retail, we talk about Reddit moving stocks. I mean, you get these short reports from these companies that go on, they put on a big short position, then they write a report about it in the stock tanks thirty one percent, and obviously they're banking coin because of that. Um, I mean, this has been done for years. Citron was the one that maybe pioneered this strategy. And obviously, they moved away from short-selling stocks because they got really squeezed on GameStop. But what are your thoughts here on just the ability to be able to do this, you know, to be able to accumulate a huge position and then issue a report on it and know the stock's going to tank on your report? Yeah, it's buyer beware. I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Hindenburg, uh, t- t- TGLS has been one of my favorites. We recommended it at 19 and it was trading at 34 yesterday. It's a real company based in Colombia. They make uh, windows uh, and architectural glass. They have solved the supply chain issues because they have partnerships with Gobain in Colombia and they have shipping lanes that get us to the southern ports in the US, which aren't as backed up as the LA ports. So I don't know in the report, I view Maybe if, if it really is down, uh, maybe two to three days from now, this would be an outstanding buy. It's a very real well, company. It's down 10 points on this report. It seems like in a lot of cases, like, you know, I go back to the end phase one where we had, and I'm not sure who was the one, the short seller that issued that report, but that was just turned out to be a massive buying opportunity. Um, sometimes, you know, these, these, these actually, you know, when they're, when they're bringing up these companies, there's something to it. But other times, it's like you read these reports and you're like, well, are they really doing anything illegal? You know, and, 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 and sometimes they almost feel reaching a bit just to try to create a story to make the stock go down. Obviously, I've not read this report whatsoever either, so I can't, you know, comment specifically to the stock. But they fall 31% because somebody, yeah, I, you know, has an opinion on the stock, it seems. This is a buying opportunity, in my view. I would ease into it over a three-day period. You know, don't. don't we, we've seen the playbook on these before, and uh, has the company come out to defend itself? The report yet? came out. The report came out two minutes ago. Two minutes ago, and you know they're going to come out tonight. They're going to defend themselves. Exactly. Yeah, well, let's let's see what's in there. But I can tell you that Florida is their biggest market, and they're it's booming from a construction point of view. 
and Technoglass sells um, architectural glass into the uh, office tower market and now the home building market in Florida. You couldn't get a hotter uh, you know, market for your products. And so I don't know what the report says, but in general, these guys are right about half the time. And when they're wrong, they sort of crawl away and, and there's no accountability. What Dennis is alluding to is I'm out there covering it today, you know, shorting it. Uh, they would be ba- I don't know if that's happening. That would be bad, in my opinion. Yeah, if they're I'm- doing stuff like that, that's where I think regulators should step trend. in. Uh, I'm not sure if that happens, but if you, okay, so just hypothetically, you know, you, you put on a huge short position, then you issue the report and it tanks 30% on your report. Should you be allowed to cover it that day or should you have a period, like a quiet period for yourself where you're not allowed? Because it's your report that caused to go down. Why should you be allowed to make money just off of, you know, because everybody is all of a sudden, you know, is, is knows your opinion on it and knocked down 30%. I think they should have to wait like 30 days or something after issuing those reports before they're allowed to cover. But that's just my thoughts. Well, I, I, you know, that's an interesting point. But what if the media didn't cover this? That's also... That's also a good point. That's all media. You know, Everything's media. So, you know, they're going to say, well, we just issued a report, but you guys blew it up. That, that you're, you're right. You're right. Mark, you're right, frankly. So, uh, the media's I, I, fault. But, but then. No, but I didn't say it's the fault. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But then it comes down to, well, wait a minute. Why is the stock all of a sudden just, why did it just uh, dip, uh, what, $8 just there? It just fell like 30%. Uh, what's that about? Oh, it, here's a catalyst. Shouldn't you, shouldn't the people need to know that? Oh, you should. But that's the reason why they should be able to cover. I mean, it's not like they beat everyone up to sell it. You know, there's they've given they have a megaphone. They have a bully pulpit. And, you know, I I don't know how you regulate that. Yeah, hard. They, they, I mean, it's gone on. Citron's done it for a decade, so obviously they're not doing it that way. But yeah. they've never, there's never been any repercussions, so they obviously don't know how to regulate it. So they're just choosing not to. Well, but look at all the guys who go on your show and CNBC and talk their book. Oh, I know everybody show. does. Everybody so does. It's a, and where do you where but do you then stop? The other, the other side of it is, what would you rather them not talk their book? Them exactly. Right, it's so, a lose-lose situation. It's tough. Yeah, it's a tough was, job. Who was on? Right. It was Einhorn. I think it was Einhorn who was on CNBC at the bottom, uh, near the bottom, in March of 2020, talking about how the world was coming to an end. But he was buying distressed debt. Yeah, you know, in the very stocks that he said would get hurt. So, is this any different? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's I, a debt. De- Definitely a difficult thing to regulate. So regulators right. a very tough job here. Mark yeah. Chaykin joins us every other Thursday. Mark, Thanks, always a pleasure to have you. And on. for me as well. What do we do? Uh, we don't have a holiday conflict in two weeks. Uh, no, well, we'll see you. In two, we'll see you in two weeks. See you yeah, two right weeks. before Christmas. Right Maybe before. we get another Christmas Eve massacre like 2018, pal. All right, you said it, not us. Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> Be good. Enjoy. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and Darius is right too. Bill Ackman on CNBC cry, uh, crying during COVID while also loading up on longs. Uh, let's talk about Roku here. Um, if if you guys didn't see this one yesterday, I'm not sure how oh. that's possible, but it popped. What what did it go up? Twenty percent yeah. yesterday on, on the headline that they reached a deal with Google. So they were up against the clock. YouTube was about to be yanked from the Roku platform. They come out and say, oh no, we, we've made nice. We're all good now. Stock rips higher up to $250, uh, $60 even. Um, let's bring the chart up on the screen. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, my thought was 
people are going to say it's it's higher because of the 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 new the deal with Google, and we all really we all know that if you look at the daily, the stock had gone from four ninety to one ninety, and stocks like that can 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 rip. Uh, and this is just an excuse. Is, is and, and again, they were looking. It, it is an excuse, but it was a big, the biggest name you can get. I mean, you know, sure. really, when you get a deal with Google or Amazon, those are the as good as it gets. So it's not surprising, but it was also the perfect timing because these stocks were starting to come back. I mean, look yesterday, DocuSign probably leading the charge. Um, I didn't think you wanted to buy that dip. Dead wrong on it because it continued to move higher. Obviously, they were looking at what hadn't gone and they started buying them. Zoom had a great day. I said even Peloton. You know, which yeah, is obviously didn't, didn't participate at all the day before. They finally go yesterday. They're like, no, we're buying anything growthy, anything that's got a higher PE. That's what we want to own right now. We're playing the catch up trade, combing the ditches, whatever you want to call it for, for the higher growth names. And they bought Peloton as well. So Roku fit right into that, along with the, uh, with the positive headline from Google, which is a great, you know, a person to have, or a company to have a headline with. And that's why I see the stock up 45. Yeah, I mean, now what? Now, you know, you're looking for more. Right? Yeah, now it's at 5620. You want to see it stay green on the session. Obviously, it's just hanging in there. First things first, let's take out uh, yesterday's high. I'll just give you a few targets and a gap here. If you're looking for more above that 6099, uh, 6420 would be your next daily high. And then I think you get into a gap area. At 269.29. So if you're looking for 13, 14 more points on it today, I would just be, you know, if it went red, it's just really hard after the kind of day that it had yesterday. It's just hard to find a point where you just would want to step in and buy it if it goes red. Just hanging green right now. So it's amazing to be hanging green though after a yeah, big day like that. One thing I will say is if they're short, you, you got to think there's some people, I don't know what the short interest on this and look it up, but there's it's broke it's trend now. Yeah. There, there, you know, there's a heavy downtrend there. It broke the trend. So now you get the Momo guy saying, okay, so you got to think on pullbacks. Now you're probably going to find buyers. So, you know, we tweeted out, you know, did Kathy Wood bottom? I tweeted out eight minutes after that bottom happened, you know, on December the, the 6th. And, you know, I was thinking, okay, dead cat bounce. But now, you know, with the legs and continuing yesterday, you're like, so man, yeah. it, it, it's not only just a dead cat bounce right now. Maybe it is the bottom. So you're looking back, the stock's up, you know, ETF's up 14, 15% here in three days. Incredible. Um, obviously, you know, wish I would have bought more growthy names. Obviously, wish I would have held them all. Uh, but I was looking for a dead cap bounce. I just did not think 15%. So it's bounced way more than I thought it would, ARKK. And the reason we keep going back to ARKK is because this is all those same growth names. Oh, hey, shout out to Dave Sharp in the chat. He goes, look at CTRU now. Yep, somebody came online, Dennis. Dennis. Somebody came online. The there you go. Man. I give you guys, but there, no one, nobody can make money on the it. short side. But if you were along it, you should have been selling. What, if you were along it, you should have been selling. It's at 2091. But what's the symbol? CTRU. CTRU. It was 2270 when we started talking about this. It was up 11.9%. And I'm just telling you. And I'm, Look under the hood. It, yeah. Well, the, the holdings weren't up. And if you think it's going to be up 3%, it's probably not even going to be up 3% as they keep coming in line. But they're bringing it back in slowly. 9.30 comes on, and you get the, you know, the, the creation redemption start coming back in. And you know, in three days, it's going to track its NAV. So when you're buying an ETF, don't be buying in the pre-market when not, nobody's online and you can't borrow the thing and the prices can't stay in check. So everybody was buying 22.70, just simply throwing and burning away money. Just one other thing. At least in the short run. You know, it could anything go on in the long run. But you would have been better to wait. 
Just the last thing on the Roku and Dennis, what you were talking about, you had to move from 340 to nearly uh, two or dig it under 200. And you had all those days to buy the stock on weakness, right? You could put your bid out there and just get peppered, right? You're building a big position. Now you have that, you know, you had the little bump off the low, right? Maybe someone got the memo early, but now it's a whole different market. It's a whole different dynamic. Yeah, I'm shorted. I shorted it at 240 yesterday. Not, I'm just making up a scenario here. I did not short it, but I'm shorted 240. If I could just get 240 today, I'm done. You know, I'm going to move on. I'm never shorting stocks again. So it's a whole different market structure and market dynamic. So if it filled, you know, for me, I'm a scaredy cat. I'd like to see it come back down to 220, 225, fill the gap and maybe buy it. Doesn't look like that's going to happen today. It's staying green. But these things, once they get the momentum kicking, can go a lot further than you think they can and just because you know i thought we could we were oversold on arc and i thought we we're going to get a five six seven percent bounce i don't think a 15 percent bounce so again you know blowing through the 100 level now it's showing me that there is legs behind some of these gross stocks and there will be people just like sentinel yesterday on the dip s and full disclosure oh, doing position yep. s um you know that dip was bought and why was that dip bought? Because it was a growthy name and growth in the last two days has come back in the favor and they're buying dips on growth again. So it's again, as a trader, you got to continuously be di- digesting all the new information being given to you by the market. And we had a bottom on all the Kathy Wood names. We had a bottom three days ago on all the growthy names. And now you're seeing people chase it. And on pullbacks, on a, on a you know, when you get a growth name that gets hammered on earnings, it's that dips are getting bought for the simple reason is that they're looking, you know, where, where can I get growth? Oh, here's, you know, giving me a chance back at, you know, Wednesdays or Tuesdays lows. So that's the way this market trades. That's the way you've got to just always be on top of the rotation. First things first, when I come in the morning, I'm always trying to identify the rotation. Rotation is key in some markets. Just everything's going up. Everything's going down. But 2021 has been the year of rotation. And if you can identify that rotation early, you can make a lot of money on your day trading. Uh, all right. It's 843. Let's do. Let's get to a few more stocks here today. I want to talk about RH. Uh, credit to Aaron Bree on this one. We were talking about this one at like 345 yesterday. He goes, oh, restoration hardware? Yeah, they definitely beat. They definitely blew it away. Everyone, everyone flushing cash and doing stuff for their home, and that's what happened. Uh, they earnings beat, and they gave a, a, a guidance raise to go with it. So a five hundred dollars stock is now a six hundred dollars stock so this morning. Biggest I mean, this again is a name that was loved, loved, loved. Again, a little bit higher valuation, so it got hit during the last three weeks. We know higher value names got hit. Now it comes out, and you know. Beats and if you think logically about that, what the who was the person that said that? Aaron Bree, Benzinger, producer AB. Bree, I mean, Aaron, you're 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 completely correct. I think about you know what my wife's doing, you know, with the house and we're buying house stuff all the time. Obviously, we're building a house, so it's a little bit different story. But people are still spending money on their homes. Yep. You know, and that trend, I don't know if it's going to go away eventually when we start going on vacations again and start doing stuff. But the trend is still here, at least for this moment in time. William Sonoma, obviously going to trade up in sympathy. I haven't looked at it, but I'm just assuming it's trading up in sympathy. Yes, it is. It's up a buck 34 here this morning. It was trading up last night. I can see some tick, uh, ticks from last night up in the high 186s. So, you know, again, this is just this trend of, you know, where people, if they're still sticking around a little bit close to home, they're going to spend money on their homes. 
don't have uh, my uh, my pre-market charts up here, but I'm just looking at this move from 7.44 down to five and a quarter, 220 point move, right? 110. That puts you at 6.30, 6.40. Not sure what the pre-market high is. Um, if you're looking for more than this, uh, you know the 6.30 area, you're getting half back. Uh, 6.45 and 6.51.49. But uh, like I said, I don't have the pre-market chart. Keep an eye on that pre-market high, 929 and 59 seconds. If they want to hold that level, boom, take it up higher. Then you can't, you know, you can't go against it. If it takes out whatever that pre-market high is, there's some downside. I have absolutely nowhere, no, no idea where to buy this on a pullback. But getting half of the move back and what took it. This is different. This is something you and I talked about, too. You know, the bright days when the market went down, it went down so fast, right? And then these markets with the machines, it, it's equal. It goes down just as fast, and then it comes, these rips are even faster. The machines are, the machines are not bullish or bearish like I, like I, you know, people. Well, it's, di- yeah. And everybody, and, and, and obviously, you know, when we started in 1999, it's completely different. Or when I started in 1999, you started before that. But when I started bright 1999, completely different, you know, experience. You know, right. the NYSC was eight yep. seconds to get an execution. I'm sending it. We were direct. I mean, at bright trading, we had direct connection. So I send my order. It goes directly to the specialist on the floor. Specialist on the floor manually filling it. And sending the confirmation back, and it would take about eight seconds, and they got it down to six. Then they got that auto NX execution. You know, we slowly started to automate, and obviously, you know, it's a completely different experience now. But the one thing I will say, you know, the difference, and you got to be careful. You know, the fat fingers can happen in this market for the simple reason is that back then, we know when it was eight seconds, it's like you put a you know an extra zero on your trade, or you know, you accidentally you know send an order. You could cancel right away, and especially like, oh, he's screwed up, you know, and there was that chance to cancel your order. Not anymore. I mean, it's executed. You hit buy, the order's in there, and it's gone. And that's the confirmation's back on your screen in milliseconds. So speed is awesome. When you make a mistake, there's no correcting mistakes. So it's a completely different market than it used to be. But the markets are very fast, and the rotations are fast, and the algos are fast. But you know what? The algos, and I've always said this as well, people, I've, I've got a friend, you know, that program has done programming for a lot of, you know, market makers, a lot of high-frequency traders. And he's always said, you know, I don't know how you're still in business as a human being, you know, because I've been trying to put you out of business for a decade, you know, by obviously programming for the high-frequency traders. We sit down, he's a good friend of mine, sit down and have dinner with him and talk. The reason is that because they're always one step behind to a certain extent. I can identify these rotations, um, you know, where, you know, the machines can only do what they're programmed to do. So when there's a change in inputs, a human being can adjust immediately on the fly. The, for the machine to adjust, you have to have the programmer first identify the same thing that I'm identifying, then program it in, and then obviously backtest and make sure it's programmed correctly so you don't get an issue like Knight Citadel or, or like Knight you know, from you know, 2012 where you have a bad algorithm. You've got to test that stuff. So once you put you know, automation in, you know, if it's not right, big mistakes can big money. Like, that equals big losses. Yep. So, I mean, the human being can be one step ahead for the simple reason is that they can adjust on the fly, and it takes the algorithm sometimes days to figure that out. All right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring Mitch on here, and for the for uh, for the next 12 minutes, um, there, there's a chance that Dennis and, and Mitch will, will be the ones to take you in, into 9 o'clock. Uh, the office is getting very rowdy, as you can see behind me. I'll go full screen. You can see there's like a lot. You can't wait. It's like a mosh pick going on behind yeah, you. Yeah, there's a lot of people here. You can't even see most of them because they're all in the kitchen. Uh, 
but it's getting very loud. So what we'll do is we'll bring Mitch on. I'm going to try and join from a different studio here in the office uh, if I can. Uh, and if I if I can't, then I will see you guys over on the Benzinga Small Cap Conference stream, which starts at 9 o'clock after this show. Uh, but let's bring Mitch on, and, and if I join, it'll be from a different room. So Mitch likes uh, to come in and take your last 10 minutes. That, that's fine. He can do that. Mitch, <laughs> here, what's up, man? What up? What up? How we doing out there, guys? Me and Mitch running the show. Now it's time to talk about the hot stocks. Let's get these stocks. Let's let, let what is moving out there today. So let's uh, go ticker time. Ticker time. Uh, let's do an analyst rating before yeah, Spencer gets wow, here because ratings. he doesn't do these ratings. anymore. Bring up that pro. Let's see some ratings. Uh, I haven't even right. looked really today. What's so going on in analyst this one, land? This one's a, a Fubo rating today. So Fubo, Fubo. Fubo let's go ahead. I'll throw up a chart here. Uh, so Fubo sees. JP Morgan sees 41% upside in Fubo TV. Um, pretty much they gave a nice uh, lift on that rating initial coverage here. Uh, Initiating on a buy? Yeah. And, and they see a $28 price target. So right now we're trading at 20. So that's like a 40, 40% upside look here. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we could come even back here towards this 34. Um, that was a resistance that we really turned away uh, from. Friend. Um, and, and this one had that hard turnaround. I saw a lot of stocks do this where they were setting up bullish moves and then quickly turned around. I'm wondering, you know, if this can hold 20 today, I kind of like it, but I, I know a lot of people are looking at Fubo. Uh, what do you think about here? Well, Dennis? JP Morgan, you know, obviously I rate the, the, the analysts to a certain extent. And there's, you know, some boutique shops that really can control price on certain stocks. But when you get the big guns, JP Morgan is a big gun. So there's a lot of clients, there's a lot of customer bases that are going to be getting that note and people saying, oh, I'm interested. This was a name that was very sexy a month ago, month and a half ago. Obviously, all of the stuff cooled off substantially. Fubo got cut in half, 34 to 16. Was it an overshoot? Probably. We were oversold on everything. Now we're coming back. It is critical. You've identified the 20 level that that continues to hold. I, I think with the JP Morgan buy rating out there right now, unless we really roll over in the overall market, it probably does hold that $20 today. You got resistance up at 2185 And then after that, that's 25. I know Joel finds levels everywhere, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll go a little bit further. I think 34, it's gonna be a long time before it gets back there. But you know, can it get to 22 to 25? Maybe. Um, I'd rather buy pullbacks, but again, in this case with the JP Morgan note, I don't know if you're gonna get much of a pullback. Uh, now, one thing I will know is that you see a lot of these charts where they did these kind of fake out breakouts, then the little U-turn at the bottom. Uh, it, it's gonna be interesting, you know, three straight days of green. Do we hold those lows? That's what I'll be watching today, and we'll keep watch on Fubo. Let's transition into EVGo. EVGo is trading up today off of their platform. Uh, interesting stock here as it's been pushing up. Pre-market, looking at this move here, it looks looks like it's holding well above 1350. So I would look for pullbacks towards about 1340s at the bell. We'll see if we get this move. Of this course, this is a JP Morgan pop as well, Mitch. Here, so they're initiating with a buy, and they are putting a twenty dollar price target on this thing. Yeah. Again, just like we said before, JP Morgan, huge and huge influence. Obviously, people, a lot of people, are going to get those notes. Going to talk about it. They've already talked about it on CNBC once as well. So, not surprising. It's getting a good lift here today, up thirteen percent. I never like to chase. I always, you know me, if I want to buy a stock, I usually wait for a dip to buy. This is buying a rip. Um, so I, I personally, just on my opinion, would right, wait for a dip to get back into these names. But right now, the story has gotten hot again for a lot of these growth names. People are looking and they're hungry for growth. And, you know, this is one of those names. 
Yeah, one that I'll be watching uh, today was released also that their platform PlugShare reached uh, over 1 million annual downloads. And uh, Morgan also in that analyst call out called them the leader in fast charging. Um, so definitely going to be on watch. I'd watch this one today. Also, charge point in the relationship. Let's see if this affects it today. This one's been bouncing off that 19. I'll keep these on watch. All right, guys, let's go. Let's uh, looks like it's 953. I'll take some ticker time. Um, if there any other hot stock that you guys want to talk about, definitely throw it up in the chat. Did I get that? Uh, looks like Spencer is busy here. So I'll definitely just keep leading out here. Uh, charge Lots point. Of yeah. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's let's look at what's out there. It looks like someone's calling out CVS. Hertz calling out CVS. That's an interesting play. They had some guidance here today. Um, I saw it go by. I'm trying to go for my memory. Yeah, I'll here. get let's it right now. It yeah, I'll bring it up with the pro. Please. So 639, they raised guidance from uh, 824 up to 810 to 830. They see adjusted EPS in 2021 up at $8. So guidance, um, the stock is not expensive. We know CVS is not expensive coming out and you're in you know it's not a much of a guidance raise but it's enough that oh okay so it's still you know, obviously looking you know a stock that's been fairly cheaply valued is saying they're comfortable with their earnings that makes the market more comfortable that's why the stock's trading up two bucks i mean we are approaching on cvs quietly we're approaching five-year highs on the stock so you start to think it's 95 dollars now the old kenny Gleck, when you go 90 to 95 you usually eventually get to 100 i'm not saying cvs is slow it's not a stock that's going to get to 100 today because it moves a lot slower. But does eventually CVS see 100 bucks? I mean, probably. There's a lot of people going into those stores, some to get vaccinated, some for lots of other things as well. I think on pullbacks, I'd be a buyer of CVS. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's keep going. Uh, CVS, I've been watching WBA and also RAD. We'll see if those can continue. I think those were on watch a little bit, maybe with some testing from Omicron, but uh, I don't think this is as serious as we thought it was. Uh, we'll continue to watch these and stories. That's good news. Yeah, let's, let's, that's good news, especially not maybe good news for these stocks specifically, but good news overall for us all. Uh, let's keep going. Let's go to another one here. Uh, Adobe being mentioned in the chat here. Uh, Adobe did have that hard down day yeah. on uh, Friday, but now it's been coming back. Almost filled that complete. What are you thinking here? 640 now. Okay, so we got to start thinking the washout lows or the washout lows. Will we eventually get a retest of those lows? It's possible, but I don't. Right now, you're setting up seasonality here, too. So the mindset has completely changed in two days where we went you know, to fear to FOMO. So we went from FOMO to fear for three weeks, and now we went back to FOMO on all of these uh, stocks. 
Adobe um, is not a crazy expensive stock, but it still fits into the whole growth category here. I think you got support where the two lows from the last couple of days at 640, so 640, 641. I think you hold those levels unless, you know, the market starts to really roll over. I think 640 is uh, going to be a level it's probably going to want to hold. All right. We'll see if it gets above 650, 640 downside. Does it feel kind of into this gap today? We'll definitely keep these on watch and see if there's any rotation that we can find out there in the markets. Let's keep going. Uh, next one being brought up here. I did see it had a good day yesterday. Um, actually, we didn't talk about this one. Let, let's make sure that we get to it. So Lucid. Lucid, of course, uh, they did put out an offering. Let me delete all A convert lines. offering last night. Yeah, convert offering put out by Lucid. Uh, let me give you the exact amount right here, pulling it up on Benzinga Pro. Uh, looks like we had 1.75 billion convertible senior notes. Um, definitely pulling back down. This this was a, a move in the after hours. Uh, a lot of what we watch. Look yeah. at the 15 minute. It really cracked down there. Uh, yesterday it was trying to come down towards that low on the sixth. Do you think we get towards that level today? I think you're going to bounce if you get down near that 38, the December 6th. So 40, 38. We don't know mm -hmm. the price of this yet. I don't think it's come out with what the actual pricing of the convert note is, like when they, what price they can convert. Yeah. Um, but I think on a pullback here, there's people, again, hungry for growth names here now. Whether that turns today, it's not turned in, in the pre-market here, though there's still people hungry for this. It's a little healthy pullback in some of these names. I think you do find buyers in the 38 to 40 level. Yeah, I think you're going to uh, get a test down towards that 38 today. So I'll be looking for maybe a short into that move. But yeah, I could expense uh, a good bounce there. It's a definitely a good level that's going to be watched. Uh, was resistance in this prior kind of November, right before we broke out. We'll see if we can catch a dip there on Lucid. Uh, next one up, uh, being mentioned twice, so I'll go ahead and touch it, is Disney. Disney being talked about here yeah. um, i don't see any news but i do see it starting to bottom out the question is is this the bottom on disney uh it's, it's a hard call the here. only issue i have with disney and i do have i did put a half size position in the long-term account because i couldn't take it um so you know when i put the joel always makes fun of me whenever you put a half size can, a position on you're not very convicted yeah. um and it's true it's just like i've wanted to own disney for a long time it's come down so much here i do believe eventually disney figures out maybe eventually they figure out disney plus that's that's been the issue though is you know really disney plus but if we go into a full reopening is there a better reopening trade than disney so if you think the COVID is gonna if you think jp morgan is correct and you think COVID goes away in 22 22 it's hard to find a better reopening play than disney I, I tell you, I wanted to. I got my four-year-old, my seven-year-old. If we were all safe and we felt we were safe, my I mean, my seven-year-old just got vaccinated. Um, if we felt we were safe, I would take my kids to Disney tomorrow. So eventually, maybe we do feel like we're safe, and eventually, Disney I think is going to be a huge reopening play here. So I think if you're buying Disney in the 150s, I think in the long run you're going to be happy. I think in the short run, they still have issues, obviously ESPN forever, but they have issues with Disney+. Plus. They have content issues. I've said that for the last six months. They don't have enough content on there. The content they have on there is excellent, but there's simply not enough of it. So they're going to have to start focusing on that. If they want to compete with Netflix, they've got to get more content. They've got to get new shows. They've got to get more production going there. Uh, but I will tell you, long run, I think Disney figures it out. Yeah, I think one thing that's going to help them this season is normally uh, there's a battle, right, of the holiday movies between the streamers, whether it be Netflix, Hulu, uh, Paramount, who's going to have access to the holiday movies, right? Well, right. 
Disney is the major leader here. And a lot of times they were leasing out these movies, but right now they're taking them all on and they're, they're trying to hold them tight. Movies like, let's say, Santa Claus, Home Alone, uh, those kind of movies. I think you might see some subscription boosts because of this. And like Dennis is mentioning for the parks opening up, we'll look to see if, if kind of the environment gets better here for Disney. Al Don in the chat too, a point that we've made on the show and a good point is Dis he's saying Disney eventually would be in the metaverse. I think Disney is going to be a huge metaverse player. I think mm -hmm. Disney might be one of the metaverse players. You just think about the experiences that you could have going to Disney World and now being in the metaverse and being, you know, put into maybe movies or put into some of these places. Disney is going to be a huge player in the metaverse. And that, that story has not got any traction yet. So eventually, if we still keep talking metaverse, metaverse, is, is there any company really positioned better to, well, there is obviously Unity, there's a few, but don't don't discount Disney as a metaverse play. Mm -hmm. So I like Disney long-term. Yeah, I think on a pullback, I think I will move it up to a full-size position. So full disclosure, I've stuck this in the long-term account. I might stick some more in the long-term account. All right, let's go ahead. Let's start wrapping up here. I know that you got an important trading day also, of course, Pre-Market Prep Plus. I'm not sure if Jill's doing uh, Pre-Market Prep Plus today, but definitely, guys, check out the event this Saturday. Do not miss out. This is your chance, guys. Premarketprep.com. You guys can see execution, which was one of the top questions that we got about order execution, these ordering routes. Uh, my man, Dennis, definitely the expert here in those. Uh, is going to be teaching on this on Saturday at 9 a.m. Don't miss out. And now... Coming on next, uh, have a good one, Dennis. All right, guys, I'm going to bring you guys to the small cap conference now. It's already starting on up, so you guys go ahead and join in. If you guys want to live trade with me, I'm also going to be in the chat hanging out. So if you guys want to go ahead and just join in, normally we have live trading here. We're going to go to the small cap conference, but I'll still be trading in the chat. You guys join in there. Uh, we got some great companies today, Tilt Holdings. We're going to get into... Uh, a lot of kind of, of these health stocks here. Uh, we got recruiter.com, a lot of NASDAQ stocks, New York Stock Exchange. So come join in, guys. There's going to be a lot to learn. And like always, we'll do it right here on Benzinga. And we'll see you next time. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.